Well, we know one thing for sure, that prayer changes things. Prayer can change your life. It can change your marriage, your family, your business, your dreams. Prayer changes things. Prayer dispels darkness. Prayer has the ability to turn a difficult situation around. Prayer can open doors that have been shut. And you and I have been given the privilege to connect with Almighty God, who hears and answers our prayer. We can approach Him in prayer. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. You have been given access. You have been invited. And we need to understand this, that prayer is not complex. Prayer is simply communing and talking to God. God hears our prayer and God answers our prayer. And so what we need to do in this area of prayer is we need to make sure that we keep prayer simple. We should never keep prayer burdensome or complex. For when we do, we get frustrated. And when we do, that leads to prayerlessness. Making it too complex makes it to a place where we don't pray at all. I'm here to tell you that God has a covenant response. He has a reciprocal response for those that will call upon Him in prayer. The Bible says He will answer. In Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, He invites us to call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now I want you to notice that word show. He will show us. When God shows us something, he gives us the ability to see what he wants us to do. When we see what he wants us to do, he begins to unveil and to reveal his plan in our life. He will show you, amen, what you need to know. And I like that. He will show us great and mighty things. You know, when we go to the Lord in prayer, we may be needing some direction. We, need, we may need to see something. How many of you know that He sees everything? Everything is open unto His eyes. And prayer gives us access into what He sees. Prayer gives us access to what He has seen about your finances. What He has seen about your current circumstance. Prayer gives you access to greater vision. Hallelujah. Prayer will enable you to see the unseen. You know, I learned a long time ago that if I'm ever going to change what I'm seeing on the outside, I've got to first change what I'm seeing on the inside. For if I cannot see it on the inside, what's going on on the outside will never change. And this is why he said, don't look at the things which are seen. Don't look at those things which are seen. Those things which are seen are temporary. They're subject to change. But take a look now closer at the unseen realm. 
In other words, take a look at the invisible realm. Take a look through the lens of God's word, what you don't see out here. And God's word will give you revelation so that you can see it down here on the inside. Oh, hallelujah. So don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are very, very temporary. Everyone say very, very temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That means God's word is forever settled in heaven. It is eternal. It will never change. And so as we change the way we think through the renewal of the mind, as we base our life on the forever word of God that is settled in heaven, and we settle it in our heart, God will give us great vision on the inside. And when you have great vision on the inside, it's just a matter of time before things turn around on the outside. Amen. Lord, help me to see. What I don't see. Do we see everything? No, because we're not God. But we know God who sees all and knows all. And he'll give you a word in season for you for what you need to see and for what you need to hear. Amen. Everybody okay? Are you tracking with me or not? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, as we know, was the greatest person to ever walk this earth. His teaching, his preaching was like no one else. The crowds were astonished. And they were amazed. They were amazed at what they heard, what they saw, and what happened. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, And it came to pass... That as he was praying, Jesus prayed a lot. Praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to preach. Teach us to teach. No, Lord, teach us to do what? You suppose it's important for us To learn how to pray. Teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. See what was happening. Is they were following Jesus. And he was going from a place of prayer. To a place of prayer. And then he would go out into his public ministry. And he would act on what he saw in prayer. In other words. He would put feet to what he had been fellowshipping about, signs, wonders, miracles, lepers being healed, blind eyes being opened, dead being raised, multitudes being fed. I submit to you that Jesus did not live by happenstance. Jesus was not oblivious what was about to happen during the day because he prayed about it ceaselessly. Amen. And so Jesus has modeled prayer for you and I. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, and I want to look at the amplified version of that. It says, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that men ought always to pray. Read that with me. Men ought always to pray. Well, that includes women, right? Right. 
and notice this, and not to turn coward. Prayerlessness opens the door for fear. For fear. Prayerlessness opens the door for us to be faint-hearted, uh, to be weak, to be coward. And so he said, you ought always to pray. And as a result, you won't turn yeller. You won't be a coward. You won't lose heart. And you will not give up or you will not quit. Anybody ever felt like quitting before? (laughs) Feel like quitting is not quitting. We've all felt like quitting, but we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And so there are some times and many times in our lives where we use our faith to stir ourselves up and continue to pray on the inside, amen, regardless of what's going on on the outside. A spirit of prayer will remove discouragement from our lives. The spirit of prayer continuing to flow will make you a fearless, faintless, strong, bold child of God. Don't give up. But build yourself up. Don't give up, but build yourself up. I want you to get that. Don't give up, but build yourself up. Prayer builds you up. Prayer builds you up. Presence strengthens you. And as you pray, the Bible says, in the Holy Ghost, you will rise like an edifice higher and higher. You will make progress in life. And as you pray in the Spirit, the Scripture says, you will charge your inner man up just like a battery is charged up in the natural. Somebody says, do you advocate praying in tongues? Absolutely. Paul said, I thank my God. I do what? I pray in tongues. More than y'all. That reminds me of the meal I had the other day at Cracker Barrel. Can we just talk about it for a minute? Cornbread, collard greens, fried okra. The best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Biscuits, gravy, blackberry cobbler. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but Paul was not a y'all southerner. But he said that to the church at Corinth. He says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than y'all. He must have done a lot of speaking in tongues. He must have had to pray in tongues in between meals. I want you to get this this morning. Don't give up. Build yourself up. We build ourselves up several ways. 
One of the key ways is through prayer, but another key way is through the Word of God. God's Word will build you up and will give you an inheritance. When it says there, it will give you an inheritance, that inheritance already belongs to you. But when you spend time in the Word and meditate in the Word, it is given unto you, which means you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to experience it. Oh, that's been given to me. The lights came on. I saw that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I see that my days of condemnation and guilt and inferiority are over with. For the entrance of His Word has brought light into my spirit. And it's affecting my soul. Hallelujah. God's word is able to build you up and to give you so that you can see what already belongs to you. Oh, that we would have eyes to see. Oh, that we would have ears to hear what already belongs to us, what he's done for us in and through Christ Jesus. Lift up your hands and thank God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't give up. Build yourself up. When you're worded up and you're prayed up, you are built up. And I'll tell you something about being built up. Built up people build others up. Do we know people that could use a little building? Do we know people that could use some encouragement? Built up people build others up. Built up parents build their children up. Built up husbands build their wife up. It's Valentine's Day, Friday. (laughs) This meeting with John Collier was supposed to go through Friday night. I said, John, can't have service on Valentine's Day. Could you start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? It was three nights. Husbands, Valentine's Day. Built up husbands build their wives up. Built up wives build their husbands up. Built up, built up employers build their employees up. Built up employees build their co-workers up. What do you say we get built up and we stay built up? Why is that? Because there's just more. There's more of Him. You know, we're like Ned and the first reader when it comes to eternity. I mean, what we're doing down here is so brief. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you and I will be gone. But we're not gone, gone. We've just gone to another place. And in that other place, there's more grace. And in that other place, there's more revelation. 
We know in part. We prophesy in part. But oh, when we shall see him, glory to God, we shall be known. You won't even hardly have to have a thought when you get to heaven and the answer will just be there. Oh, I'm telling you, there's more. Whoo, there's more. Oh, there's more of God. There's more to live for. There's more to get up in the morning for. There's more than television. There's more than the 49ers. There's more than the Warriors. There's more of God. Hallelujah. I didn't, I'm glad I wasn't in the Bay Area to hear all the talking heads putting down Garoppolo. What does that do for him? I know I'm meddling, but it feels good. <laughs> Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. We're definitely going to have communion today at the end of the service. But how many of you are believing with me today? 1 Thessalonians 5. I want to encourage you not to give up. But to the best of your ability, stay built up. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. I believe we could memorize this one. <laughs> Two of the easiest verses to memorize. Jesus wept. And let's read it together. Ready, read. Pray without ceasing. What does this mean? Well, obviously, we don't pray every breath we take. We don't pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How many of you know part of the time you're sleeping? Much of the time you're eating. We're working. What this is talking about when he says pray without ceasing is take this assignment of prayer as a way of life. Prayer is a lifestyle. Just like faith is a lifestyle and the just shall live by faith, the just should also pray without ceasing. Amen? George Muller said this. He said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, when I rise up. And he said, the answers are always coming. They're always coming. You may be just going about the business of your day. You may be driving to work tomorrow morning. And someone's face flashes in front of you. Well, that's not coincidental. The Holy Spirit shows us people to pray for. And you may just want to, as you're driving, as you're going along during your day, you may want to just be lifting that person up. You don't have to know exactly what the need is to pray effectively. Many times we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. And as you pray for people, you are praying the perfect will of God. 
oftentimes as a pastor, and you guys know this in your lives, you just don't know how to pray for, or better way to say it, what to pray for as you ought. But out of your vital union and communion with Him, you know how to pray. How to pray and what to pray is different. You can pray in the Spirit. Woo, hallelujah. So if you see my face, please pray. Somebody must have been praying for me the other night in Florida. I'll tell you the truth. We left the venue we were in. It was a big, big home. The guy has his church in his home. But in Florida, it's very dark and it was really hard to see. And the roads are so much wider than they are in California. I was blown away. And so Brenda and I are going along, heading back to the hotel. And it, I was in the left-hand turn lane. And there were two one-ways. I turned on a one-way the wrong way. It was so wide. And I thought, as I heard the horns, oh, I'm on a one-way. And so we pulled off and got on the right way. How many of you know your prayers can take people that are going on the wrong way of life and turn them around and put them back going the right way? And the prayers of the saints are effectual and they can avert devastation. They can avert accidents. They can avert premature deaths. They can change and turn things around. So, someone must have been praying. It was maybe Kathy. I don't know. But thank God for prayer. The prayers of the saints are so important. So vital. People go through tough times. They go through difficult tests. The last thing that people need is when they're going through a test is to confront them on where their faith is. We need to confront ourselves and say, get on your knees, brother, and start praying in the Holy Spirit until you pray through, until you get a note of victory. Because on the other side of fervent, effectual, persevering prayer is breakthrough. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, now I never pray 20 minutes at a time. But I never go 20 minutes without praying. Hallelujah. Look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Mark the first chapter and the 35th verse. It says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went to Starbucks. <laughs> oh, no, it was Pete's, excuse me. <laughs> he went out and departed what kind of a place did he go to a solitary place is a place where he wouldn't be distracted it's a place where he could hear 
and see from his father. And he prayed. How many of you know that morning is God's opportune time before our head kicks in? Now, if you're a night person, that's great and good. Pray at night. Whatever the case may be. But the point is this. Find a place where you can get quiet. And sometimes that means turning things off. You know, one of the things that I notice when we went to Samoa years ago and preached at Ramah, there was no Facebook, there was no this, there was no that. And all of a sudden, focus and clarity became more crystal clear. I saw what I needed to see. I saw what I needed to preach. And I became more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, if that can happen on an island in Samoa, it can happen in your home. But there are certain things that need to be closed down, certain things that need to be turned off so that we can get our, I like how George says it, so we can put our spiritual antennas up. So find a place where you can get quiet Find a place where there's not going to be distractions. I've come to this realization, you know, if Jesus needs to pray, I need to pray. Folks, if we really want revival, if we really want the results that he got, we need to do what he did. Amen. Do what he did. I want to encourage you this morning. You can hear from God. You can get direction you need. Take time to pull apart. Look at Luke chapter 6. Luke the 6th chapter and verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. And he continued, notice this, all night in prayer. Now listen to this statement. It's worth praying, if necessary, all night or for an extended period of time, whether it be day or night. It's worth praying when there are important decisions that need to be made. We cannot live out of our head. We must not pretend to hear that we've heard from God when we haven't. When people pretend to have heard from God and act out on pretension, pretension, pretension and assumption, they experience failure. And listen, folks, understand this. Then it's not a faith failure. Your faith had nothing to do with it. It was a failure on our part. And then people go and say, well, man, you know, I... God didn't come through me. No, you were living out of pretension. And I don't want to get too heavy with you today. But Now, why did Jesus need to pray? Why do we need to shut down the distractions? It's because of where we are. We're living in a fallen world. Some of you can't even listen to me for 35 minutes without being dead asleep. 
It's the spirit of slumbers upon you. And God loves you, and I'm not going to call names. Your flesh is not your friend when it comes to prayer. Jesus said, could you not tarry with me for one hour? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But we can do something about our flesh. We can keep it under. We can stir it up. We can feed it right and rest it right and say, flesh, hear the word of God. Shandai, Shandai, see me tie my bow tie. See, the enemy, <laughs> the enemy will try to hinder us. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit until you get what you need to hear and see. The next day, in verse 13, it says, And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and one of, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Was it important for Jesus to get it right? Yes. Is it important for us to get it right? Yes. This is big. He knew who. He knew what. How did he know? How did he know? He saw it in prayer. He got it in prayer. He didn't get it by reading somebody's book. He didn't get it by going to a seminar or a conference. Thank God for seminars. Thank God for conferences. But for a lot of Christian people, it's just like eating a Snickers bar. It gives them a fix for about a week. And after that, it's back to life. How do you know? Look at John 5, verse 19. We'll receive communion in just a few moments. Look at John 5, 19. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Verily, verily, whenever you get a verily, verily, you ought to hear. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of Himself. But what? But what he what? For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. Listen very carefully. Jesus' ministry was run on revelation. He said, I see what my Father does, and I simply do what I see. Easy. Let me ask you a question this morning. How much can we do without his help? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But that's why he gave us the helper. In John 16, 13, he says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of what? But whatsoever he shall hear. 
that shall he speak and he will show, he will uncover, he will reveal. You'll be able to see the things to come. Oh, God wants us to see supernaturally. And I'm not talking about, you know, being a weirdo and floating through life like this. And I see you giving me a million dollars. And I see you going to Africa, but before you do, give me your house. And we're not talking about that. God wants us to see supernaturally. When the eyes of our heart are opened, we can see and we can do the will of God. You know what that is? That's revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge is knowledge revealed to your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Say it me, revelation knowledge enables me to see what God sees. Revelation knowledge also changes my perspective. <laughs> Have you noticed that the view is different from his perspective? To where we become focused, we become clear, we become sure-footed. This is why Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. That your eyes be focused and clear so that you can see exactly what God's calling you to do. So that you can grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life for he has for his followers. How come so many people don't know? They don't know because they don't pray. Is it worth praying? I submit to you this morning, we do not have to be oblivious. We can know whether to go or not go. We can know whether to buy the house or not buy it. I can know whether to keep preaching or quit. You can know. You can know whether to marry this person or not. You can know whether to have the procedure or not. You can know whether to move or not. How do you know? 1 John 2.20 It says this, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. This anointing, this unction, this spirit of knowing, and this spirit of seeing comes from the Holy Spirit within you. Amen. Say it me, the Holy Ghost is a genius. And as I listen to Him, He'll make me look smart. You've got a guide on the inside. You've got a genius living on the inside of you. Two main thoughts today. Don't quit. Don't stop praying. Build up. Pray up. And for heaven's sake, before you make a quality decision, know before you go. Know before you go. We have all sorts of opportunities. I'm not bragging on us. Thank God for God's grace on our life. But we have all sorts of opportunities to go to this nation, that nation. We have opportunities. I don't want to just go to go. I want to go when the Spirit of God says go. 
Because when the Spirit of God says go, there's going to be a flow. You see, some people are sent, but others just went. Oh, boy. <laughs> you ever seen that ad, you know, uh, just okay is not okay? I, I like the one where the, the surgeon walks into the room. And he, he just got off of discipline. And, you know, he took his license away for a while. Walks in and says, huh, what are we doing today? Well... We're supposed to have this surgery. I will figure it out when we get in. Would you want that person doing surgery on you? Things that matter should be precise. You want the surgeon to be precise. Can you say amen? Details matter. Precision matters. When, where, with who matters. So I encourage you before we receive communion today, process the plan of God in prayer. Your future is paved in prayer. Prayer enters your future and prepares you. Prayer makes you road ready. It equips you for your future. God will go ahead of you if you will ask him. Pray prayers that prepare you. Pray prayers that go out in front of you. Prayer ultimately causes his will to be done and your future perfected. Develop a lifestyle of prayer. How many of you know it's time to come up higher?